0: Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Palm, Tanner it. Head Coach Tony Ersland, and a special guest, uh, ab- about as special as they come, Kenny Monday joins us this uh, this go-around. Uh, Kenny, Coach, great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to see you guys, too, man. Great to see you guys,
1: too. Big smiling face.
2: <laughs> uh, not that this guy needs a ton of introduction, but we'll go through a little bit of it. Ourselves here, um, three-time national finalist at Oklahoma State, uh, 1984 national champion, uh, 1988 Olympic gold medal, 1992 silver Olympic medal, 1989 world champion. Um, there is probably a lot in between all of those things that I am leaving out, but um, you know, Corey, I'm going to kick this to you just because you have some some memories as far as uh, what Mr. Monday did. And uh and and how he achieved at that level.
0: Absolutely, Kenny. Uh, uh, like Tanner said, the Litany uh, uh wrestling hall of famer, you know, you've you've done it all, you've seen it all. Um I wanna start with, you know, the basics. The, it, you grew up in Oklahoma, so right. wrestling's kind of kind of bred in you, I would imagine. But uh yeah. but what, what drew you to the sport? Man, that, that is a that is a great, great Question
1: and, and um, you know I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um, back in the '60s, I was born in '61. So by the time I started wrestling, four, five, five at the YMCA, you know wrestling was a hotbed in, in Oklahoma. I mean, we had so many teams. We probably had you know seventy kid teams. Like you, you know, they weren't even called clubs. But they were like wrestling. Teams. We had like elementary teams and junior high teams, and and so it was really a hotbed of wrestling. And um, fortunately, once we started wrestling, we had some wrestling families, and we would we have the opportunity. We go down and watch Oklahoma State wrestle. You know, Stillwater is only like an hour away from Tulsa, so we go watch Oklahoma State, go watch OU, and and so I grew up, and, and I tell people this all the time. I was just exposed to greatness early. So by the time I was 10, that was around the 72 Olympics, and you had Gables and uh, Wayne Wells, and Wayne Wells was from Oklahoma. Uh, I met Chris Taylor, got his autograph when I was eight years old, and uh, he was the biggest thing I've ever seen. He was the (laughs) biggest man ever. This dude was 400 pounds, and it took me like 30 minutes to work up my nerve to go get the (laughs) autograph. I thought he was gonna eat me, but um, <laughs> and so I was I was exposed to greatness early, man. You know, watching Jimmy because that whole seventy two team, I got a chance to interact with those guys and get all their autographs, and so I was I was just exposed early, man. And then so it was like you know when you see that level of wrestling, it just does something to you. You know, it just does something to you. And so just once I started, man, I was just uh, I was ingrained and I loved it, and I was just always a student. You know, I'd go see these matches and I'd come back and I I'm like trying to hit. You know all those different things that I saw, and um, so yeah, I just started the YMCA. I have two older brothers that started before I did, uh, at the y- YMCA was like down the street from from my elementary school. And so our parents would drop we after after school. We would just walk to the YMCA, and our parents would come and pick us up after after practice. And that's kind of how we, started, man. We just never looked back.
0: Okay. Well, it helped that you uh, you were able to put those lessons to to work. You were pretty good in high school <laughs> pretty good in junior high undefeated yep. through your uh, through your high school career except for that one time I'm not going to ask you about that tie you one can tie. ask me about the tie I, I, <laughs> I take pride in that man you I, take pride that's, that,
1: that's my it's boy. probably the yeah. one that sticks
0: with you most huh absolutely that's, yeah it was Mike Sheets you know Mike Sheets
1: became my my teammate
3: okay yeah, another and, uh, another yeah, legend there
1: yeah another <laughs> legend yeah yeah so Sheets once yeah once we we battled in, in, in uh in, in high school and we did a little bit as kids too. I wrestled a couple times as kids, but then, yeah. So once we battled, man, I, you know, Chesbro was our coach, and Chesbro said we we're, we're getting both these guys. And so then, and I was happy because he tied me. He was my only blemish on my record, right? And uh, then we wrestled like a week after that, and I beat him in in in, in a tournament. But I was happy because I had to I get to, to beat him for the next five six years, right? <laughs> for for tying me, so I was I was excited about that. But yeah, it's um. Yeah, just growing up and just had, had a great culture, great culture in, in Oklahoma. It was uh, really didn't have to leave Oklahoma. I mean, it was so good. The competition was so good and, and, um, and exciting that uh, I mean, we, it was really fun growing up in Oklahoma because we really, I didn't have to, I didn't, I didn't leave much. I mean, I went to Iowa a couple of times for matches. I went to Barry Davis when I was in the eighth grade at a, at a tournament in Iowa. And, um, but yeah, just Oklahoma was, was just the hotbed.
2: That's interesting to yeah, think I of didn't, Barry I didn't lose.
1: I didn't lose a match, dude. I didn't lose a match from the seventh grade to the twelfth I didn't lose a match the regular season.
2: That's crazy to think of him and Barry wrestling, huh, Tony? Yeah, I mean, that's taking it way back, right? Looking I mean, at the it, two of them yeah, now, that's like yeah. a fair <laughs> matchup.
1: And yeah, check this story out. And I'll tell the story. I didn't even realize it was Barry, right? So we it was a, on our junior high team, I think it was like nine pounds or something. And and so I go to the tournament, right? And so I'm, in, I'm getting ready to rob some bear. I had him in the semis, and um, I didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was. And, but it was, I, I, I know, I knew he was good. because like all the kids. It was like a lot of kids watching the match, right? I'm like, Oh, this kid must be good. He got, he, he draws a, He draws a crowd. Right. And he's a little, he was like, he is now he's just a go getter. He's just a rough, tough kid. And I beat him nine zero. But I, I remember I had to, I had to freaking earn every point. And so it was years later. I'm in my dad's house. I mean, this is like in, it was like maybe two thousand or something, right? And I, I, I go through this closet and I pull out this old bracket. And I'm looking at the bracket and Barry Davis is on the Bird bracket and the wow. semis. I'm, I'm like, man, that was, and I'm, I remember the kid because I knew he was a tough little kid. Man, that was Barry Davis. So I couldn't wait to see Barry. I couldn't wait That's to fine. see him. And I, I, the next time I saw Barry, I go, Barry, I'm going, out I go out through this closet. And I pull out this bracket and you're on my bracket. He's oh yeah Monday. You kick my butt. You kick my butt.
3: Like, <laughs> <I> <laughs> kick <remember>. my butt. <laughs> now, did you say that was in Emmitsburg? Did, in, Emmitsburg, Iowa. Yeah. That, yeah. So Iowa. that's my neck of the woods right there, Kenny. Yeah. I grew up in North Central Iowa and Emmitsburg. I wrestled in the Emmitsburg tournament. Yeah. Uh, from a little a kid all the way. Yeah, all the way through uh, a senior in high school as well. Yeah. So that is really funny. You know the tournament, that's, yeah. So that that's a piece of, of history.
2: Tournament. Wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow! That's For awesome. Sure. Um. Kenny, how easy was the decision? You know, you 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 like you said, you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma State's an hour down the road. How, uh, yeah. what was the decision like to go to Oklahoma State? Was it a foregone conclusion? Were there yeah. other, were there other teams in play? What was the deal there?
1: It was such a battle. It was such a recruiting battle between. It came down between OU and OSU, and it was such a freaking battle. It was crazy. I mean, these guys, it was, it was, it was, it was stupid, man. It was like they would show up it one on my door one minute and then you know the next one would leave and the next one would come and it was it was a it was a serious battle you know because I grew up in Oklahoma of course there were years where I was OU right of course the, the whole OU thing and they had you know again Wayne Wells wrestled at OU I had some guys that that you know, the Brees brothers um Gary Gary Brees and Steve Brees I don't remember those names those guys were from Tulsa and, they were great OU you know, wrestlers, all American national champs. I follow those guys, uh, Dave David McQuig, you know, so I, there were some guys that, that I grew up watching that were like child prodigies that went to OU. And so there were years where I was pro-OU, and then there's other years where I was Oklahoma State fan, you know. So I felt like them both. And so it just came down to, and then of course, when I actually my brothers were actually at OU during the time. Uh, they were both my older brothers, Mike and Jim, was at University of Oklahoma. And so, um, and then the you know the Dave Dave Schultz and Mark Schultz was the, I mean, they had probably the best team when I came out. They had nine running all Americans. Oh. My senior, my senior in high school, they had nine all Americans that year. They had a great team, and um, and so it it really just came down to Leroy Smith was was at Oklahoma State, and he graduated. And coming out of coming out of high school, I wanted to wrestle right away. I didn't want a red shirt. And I, I never did red shirt. I wanted to Rouse right away. Lee had just Leroy had just graduated at one forty two. Andre Metzger was at OU. He was a starter at OU, and he, yep. you know Andre Metzger national champ, great great individual. And so I knew I at that point I you know I couldn't beat Andre. You know, um, so OU was like, well either you go thirty four, which wasn't going to happen. I was too big. Yep. Or you redshirt. You know, and then or because they had. Uh, Roger Frizzell was at 150, right? So they had a stay at a stacked lineup, and so I didn't want a red shirt. I wanted routes right away. And so OU had that opening. OSU had the opening, and really kind of came down to that. And I and I kind of felt a little more comfortable at Oklahoma State. OU man, those guys were just kind of you know, just kind of all over the place a little bit, but they had great talent. And so really, I could go, in o- I can go to go Oklahoma State and start right away. And so it really kind of came down to that. To be honest, really. It kind of came down to that.
2: Nice. Um, amazing career. Uh, like I said, three-time finalist, uh, got the top of that podium in 1984. Um and uh and it didn't stop there, obviously. You know, you went on into a a really nice freestyle career. Um, you know, Tony, Tony alluded to this yesterday. Maybe I'll I'll let him kind of like I'll toss this to him a little bit, but like what was that journey from that national title in 84 to the Olympics in 88 like? And I I know Tony had some, some thoughts on it as well.
3: Well, I mean, the only thing I was telling Tanner about Kenny, I'm sorry. It was just that uh, I just remember it was kind of the changing of the guard watching Mm -hmm. uh, you and Dave Schultz. Right. And and what that was like for a guy like me, because I graduated high school in 92. So of course that 84 to 88 and then through 92 was when, when I was running hot and heavy in North Central Iowa right. wrestling was just like you right it was wrestling country yep. and yep. we all had the people we watched so just watching you and Dave Schultz had distinct memories for me and what that was like watching you kind of take take the crown you know if you will and, and run with it so that that was my yeah. memories I was kind of telling right. Tanner about with, with you coming through at that time
1: yeah yeah no it was, uh, it was a it was a it was a huge huge mountain to climb right. And and really, to be honest, just making the jump from folk style to freestyle at that point was very that was a, that was a huge mountain to climb in itself. Because all through college, I never wrestled freestyle or any tournaments through college. It was just about folk style. I didn't go to any opens or freestyle tournaments in, in the summer. I just worked and, and we just trained and we just kind of stayed in that. Because because really, our, our coach Chesbro wasn't a freestyle guy. He was just straight folk style. He was all about Oklahoma State. He didn't care about freestyle wrestling. Couldn't find him after season, really. You know, he was out <laughs> fishing and hunting. Fishing and hunting, right? And so, really, didn't have much experience in freestyle. I, I grew up wrestling freestyle. Of course, I went to junior nationals every year in the whole thing. But just making that jump from folk style to freestyle was a huge, huge hurdle, right? So after '84, I just after I finished in '84, I just started really focusing on. I knew I wanted to try to make the Olympic team, and that was my goal to be an Olympic champion. And uh, but of course, you know, I went to the the, the eighty four Olympic trials, and I got fifth. But the battle was between Lee Kemp and Dave Schultz, right? So Lee Lee was the guy, you know. Lee was the guy He made the Olympic team in eighty, you know, three time world champ. And so he was the guy that Dave had to, to to overcome, right? And that was a changing of the guard for him, right? know, Lee made the, the world team in 83, but decided not to go and beat Dave in the trials, decided not to go because he was in grad school and he was trying to finish his grad school degree or whatever. So he didn't go because he had exams to take or something. And so Dave went and, and won the world title, world, world title in 83. And so had a lot of momentum coming back, ended up beating Dave uh, – I mean, beating Lee in 84 – and then, so he was the guy, and um, and I talk to Lee Kemp all the time, and and uh, we talk about the story, and, and he really helped me kind of in my development as well. Uh, but then every year it was just, you know, it was just. You know, I got, you know, I wrestled '85 U.S. Open, out and I won that tournament. It's so funny, I lost to Mike Deanna in the uh, in the '84 trials in the quarters, and I'm, I was mad at him because he deprived me of getting a chance to wrestle against Lee Kemp. I would have Lee Kemp in the semis, lost to Deanna. He lost to Lee Kemp. And then, of course, Kemp lost to Schultz in the final. So I was mad. So that was my only person, only time to get to wrestle Lee Kemp. I never got to wrestle him. Huh. So I was pissed off. And so the next year, I beat Deanna in the in the U.S. Open finals in 1985. Dave wasn't in the Dave, I think, was wrestling 180 that year or something. I don't know. And won it in <laughs> 180, right? And then so... And so I beat Deanna in the finals. And he that was his last and I retired him. And then so I won 85, and then 86, I got second to Dave. And then 87, World Team trials, so I lost to Dave. And um, 87 was the last time I wrestled Dave. Um, I beat him one match. He beat me two matches. Then of course I beat him in 88. But that mountain yep. to climb just to kind of get that folk style out of my system and to get totally ingrained in freestyle was a huge mountain to climb. But then of course. Going to Russia a couple of times. I went to Russia and wrestled at the Tbilisi tournament in 1987. Got fifth. David won the – Dave Schultz won the tournament in 87. I came back the next year to Tbilisi. At that time, I think Dave was the, the 10th American to win the tournament in 87. I came back the next year. Dave didn't wrestle. He went, but he didn't wrestle in the tournament. He was just went as a coach. And he loves Russia and they love him, whatever. I win that tournament in Tbilisi. went 10-0 on that tour. Cause you, when you go to you go on that tour, you have three dual meets, and then you wrestle three times. Then you have the tournament, which you wrestled I uh, had seven matches, and so I I went ten ten and zero on that tour. And at that point, I said, okay, I, I, I'm ready. I can I can I can I can I can win this thing. And then yeah. so that's kind of that was kind of my my climb. And then after that, of course, man, Dave, wrestled, I beat he, I lost to Dave in '87. That was a lot. He beat me the first three times, and that four times, and then I beat him ten straight after that.
3: Wow, wow. Yeah, I don't know for people listening. I mean, that Tbilisi tournament that was considered oh. tougher than the World Championships. You know, at and the it time, was. right?
1: It was. It was tougher because it's, it was a it was a Russian national tournament, right? And so that was that was during the Soviet Union time. So it wasn't when the, the republics weren't broken up, right? So everybody was trying to make that team. And I tell people this story just because of what's going on in, in Russia and Ukraine now. I mean, I've wrestled Ukrainian wrestlers that were trying to make that that Russian team. You know, because all the, all those, you know, uh, you know, all those Republicans were still trying to make the Russian team. And so you had to wrestle all those guys and all yeah. those guys are probably one or two points away from each other. Right. So every match was a freaking fight because they were trying to get on that team. You win that Tbilisi tournament, you know, then you're, you're on top of that ladder or you're right there to, to, for the trials. Yeah. And so it was a fight, man. And at that time, those guys were, they were poor, man. They were poor. So to win, now, you know, to make a, you know, world team in Russia or make the team in Russia you money and give you a little more, you know, opportunities to make more money. Those guys were really poor during that time. You know, so, but that was, that was kind of my coming out party. When I won that tournament, I knew I could, I could win the world.
2: It's crazy to look at that whole Soviet conglomerate and yeah. like all those different countries that are now, they now all get to compete, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they and, all get and back then. It was just
2: just one guy, it was just the one, and that's that's the one
1: thing that's different, right? Is is you know you had the only you know you got to the tournament, the World Championships, the Olympics, you only had to worry about that one Russian. Now you know you got Uzbekistan, you got you know all these different republics, you know that that you got to deal with, and um, and so that's the difference. You may have four or five. Now to me, they're all Russian. You know, people give me a hard time when I sit. Ukrainians are just like Russians, but you know they—they—they they, they were. You know they speak Russian, they—they they have the culture, and they—and they definitely wrestle like Russians. And so to me, they're all—they're all Russian. You know, so <laughs> that's the difference. They're all tough as crap. You know. I love
2: it. Um, stayed hot in '89, went won your world title, and then, um, you know, stayed on. Did the Olympics in '92.
1: But don't don't go too far above that world title because that dude was a monster. That Pazayev was a freaking monster. Where's you know, coming from? Up, <laughs> uh, he from? He's a Russian. Russian <laughs> <laughs> I forgot
2: they're all Russians, my bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> no, this dude had never, he had never lost an international match. He had never lost a world championship. You know, he's, you know, one of the greatest, in my opinion, he's one of the greatest ever um, Russian wrestlers. And Pazayev, and, and I used to watch him because he was 49 and, it's so funny, I wrestled him, and I had forgot I wrestled him when I was in college. I was a junior in college, and these guys were getting ready for the um, 84 Olympics and l- trials and the whole thing. The Russian team came through Stillwater, and we had a dual meet. I'm a junior, and so I wrestled in this dual meet against Fazayev. And I didn't even, I, you know, that time I didn't really know who he was. I'm in college. And, you know, I'm, I'm not paying attention to that thing. I go back and watch the videotapes and I when I was a junior in college. And I came out, took him down twice, took him down twice. And then he went on a run and beat me like, like 11 to four or something. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but I, but I didn't even realize it was him. Right. And, um, but yeah, so then of course, years later, you know, I roused him in the the world, in the world finals, but he was a monster. He came up to my weight class and course, you go back through and, and look at some matches. And I wonder why he came up, right? Because because you know variety the guy had in finals was world champ. He was just as good, but Fazayev beat him in the trials, and that's why they sent him, right? I guess he feel like he wanted to go up and you know and quit cutting weight or whatever. Uh, but he yep. beat variety in the trials, and I like years later after the Olympic after all of my all those matches, I see these matches come up with him and Fazayev and variety. and it was a freaking battle. I mean, but but, but Fazayev beat him. And so maybe that's, that's why he, he made the team. And I didn't even know that he was in my weight class until we get to the – it was maybe 20 minutes before weigh-ins. Leroy Smith was a national team coach, comes up to me and says, hey, for is in your weight class. And I'm like, what? Patsyves is up in my weight class? I was like, wow. You know, it kind of blew my mind that they put him up there, right? Because um, of course I watched him, and watched him, you know, study these guys come through, you know, and this guy was he was amazing. Um, but my first thought was, he's he's a forty
0: nine pounder. Yeah, because he, he yeah. won gold in eighty eight. Yeah, sixty eight kilos. Forty nine. He won gold in ninety two. Yeah, you know, 49. yeah, forty nine. So yeah. I can see world champion there. That's when the world cha- and world championships
1: in between those. Right. Um, and he would he would smash Mesker. Metzger you know, Mesker was a tough, Mesker was tough man. And Mesker never beat him. He he would smash Mesker. Nate he would smash Nate. Mm-hmm. And so he was he was very formal. But then my first thought was like, man, he's 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 too small. Because at that point, I was I was I was pretty much dominating all the forty nine pounders. At that point, Nate had cut down to four. I was dominating Nate. I was beating Nate up. You know, so I, all those forty nine pounders really in the U.S. couldn't really wrestle with me, right? And. Um, and so I'm like, he's man, I'm gonna smash this thing. But then when I start watching his early matches, he's like going through the guys that I would a couple of guys I kind of would have tough matches with. He was kind of going through them. I'm like, oh shit, this guy must be really <laughs> he must be really the real
0: deal, right?
3: Yeah, he know and, he knows uh, how to wrestle. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, nah, he's tough, man. He, he's tough. <laughs> but that was that was a that was a really, really big match in my career. Probably one of the best matches
3: ever. Nice. Now, did Fazayev hang in there until '96 as well? Like I was yeah. at the '96 Olympics, and he he wrestled up there as well. Correct?
1: He did. He did. But he had wrestled for it wasn't Rush. He wrestled for someone else, and I'm not for sure how that all played out. But yeah, he was he was kind of at the end of his career. But he was he redid wrestle '96. You know?
3: Yeah, that, I have mem- I have memories of that down in Atlanta watching the Olympics. That that he was still
2: in there for that as well, which yeah. was yeah. amazing. Yeah. He was still around.
3: Yeah. So yeah. as we talk about uh, this
2: guy, I'm sitting here looking at his credentials, and you're talking about 83 world champ, 85 world champ, 86 world champ, 87 world champ, 88 Olympic gold champ.
1: Yeah. No, and then lost to you in
2: 89, man. came yeah. back 90, went, went back down, down to 68. Went back down. You yeah. <laughs> said back down to, he said he back down down to where belong. he belonged. I mean, <laughs> went back down. Golden <laughs> 90, golden 91, say, right?
0: golden
2: 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: uh he went back down, and the reason he went back down was because of me. Yeah. He, like, I can promise you, if he would have beat me, he'd have stayed up. Yep. For sure. Right. He'd have stayed up.
3: You sent him back down to like
1: cut he, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, wasn't like he was too small, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, people like, oh, uh, money was too. No, dude, he weighed in like I did. I did. At that point, I was only getting up to like 71, 72. And I've, you know, so it wasn't like I was like more like 180 against him. Right, right. Right. You know, right, right. Right. That's you know he are just
0: thinking, shit, I gotta, I gotta cut again. <laughs> I'm not facing this best. Because
2: everybody right. loves cutting weight, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um so what uh what was your last year that you fi- you you finished competing, Kenny? What was your 96. last go? 96, 96 Olympics was your last go?
1: Yep, 96. I was 35. And at that point, man, I you know, I was like had pretty much done everything in the sport. I've won all my tournaments. I don't think it was a tournament out there I didn't win. You know, I want I want to just spend. I, I give my kids a hard time. I say I won all my tournaments. You know, at <laughs> <So, laughs> so one that. point uh, I I won all the tournaments, and so I, I just felt like it was time, and time to kind of bond and, and get on with my life. And I had kids, you know, at that time. So yeah, Mal got married in 1993, and so it was, and you know, I was at the end. So I, you know, I was had done everything.
2: So you proceeded to kind of go into coaching. Yep. Um, what was the first coaching gig? First
1: coaching gig, um, you know. Of course, I coached throughout the whole time I was competing at Oklahoma State. Sure, you know, so that was really we were coaching a lot. I coached Chris Barnes. You know, he was a two-time national champ.
2: Yeah, uh, seventy seven yep,
1: yep, yep, yep. And he, yeah. So that was that was my my guy, right? That was as I was training, I was coaching as well. So all through the nineties, you know, I was coaching, and then nineteen ninety two, when Oklahoma State went through that. Um, NCAA violations period and they fired Jace Jose. Me and John was co-head coaches of that 92 uh, team. And then Chris Barnes was on and when when the coach was on. And so went through that time. And then, of course, and it was really a tough time to go through. People don't realize how tough it was for us to maintain um, you know, this team and and train, because it was it was really. It was a tough thing to go through. The NCAA, you know violations. It was tough for us. They they took all those kids through a process where it was like they were criminals, uh, interviewing them, and you know it was it was really a bad scene. And so it was really bad to, to just to maintain it. But I tell you, we had we had great teams. We won eighty nine and ninety back to back. You know, in national titles. We would have won probably the next five in a row. I mean, the team that we had and the work that we were doing at that point was just. It was an amazing – it was an amazing environment. It was an amazing time. And we were clearly just outworking everybody in the world, right? And, and they can say what they want to say, but we were – those teams were great. We had, you know, we had great teams in, you know, Island Freed, and then of course, Pat Smith came through there. And, mm-hmm. and so we had great teams, man, the Perlers. We had great teams, and it just didn't, didn't work out. But then so after – I left in 93, and I got married and kind of got out of rest and kind of wanted to get away from rest a little bit. And there was a lot that was going on with the whole um, – Dupont saga and that whole thing, yeah. so it was really kind of a, a tough period that we were going through with USA wrestling. So I kind of wanted to get some time away. And kind of hurt my elbow in the 1992 Olympic Games. Like five people, people know the story. Some people don't, but nine like five days before the the 19 1992 Olympic Games, I hurt my elbow in practice, and and it was a bad dislocation. You know, and then I didn't know if I was going to wrestle um, in the 92 Olympic Games, and then so treatment every day, treatment every day. Elbow kind of came back. I was probably about 75%. My arm was about 75% in the Olympic Games and had a great tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get scored. I got one point scored on me the whole tournament and that was in the finals the point that beat me. So I needed some time off after 92. So I I got married and took some time off and then came. I knew I wanted to wrestle in the Olympics, you know, because it was in Atlanta. So I took, you know, pretty much took three years off and I came back in 95 and then Made the team in '96, and then probably should have came back a little earlier because I, because I wasn't quite quite there in '96, but I, I was good enough to make the team, and I was good enough. I lost in the semi to of course, and, and um, but after that, um, I just kind of got into a couple of businesses. I had a subway, had a, I owned a subway, I owned a coffee shop, so just living in Tulsa, just you know running businesses and that kind of thing. And then I kind of got got the bug back again, and I got. um, Hired to go run a club in Texas. Uh, Steve Silver um, owns a, a huge uh, furniture company in Texas. He had some boys coming up, looking for a coach. Kind of ran into him at the Tulsa Nationals. Hired me to come to Tulsa, uh, to Texas, and run a club, kids club. So I went to Texas, took the job. Was a great, great, great job, great opportunity. So I ran a club for ten years in Texas. You know, I had you know, kids, you know, coming out, and actually went to. We went to um, high school with Bishop Lynch, ended up going, getting third three times in a row behind Blair Academy at the Prep Nationals and sent kids to college. And so it was really a great, great uh, experience for me to, to coach those kids. And so I did that for 10 years. And then after that, 2010, I went back to Oklahoma State. I was talking to John. He's looking for a uh, club coach. Went back to Oklahoma State to, to, to be the club coach at, at, um, at Oklahoma State. That's when I started coaching Coleman Scott. So I coached him for a few years, and then coached him through the Olympics to a bronze medal. And uh, I was there for for those three years.
2: Um, took a stint into, uh, and this is this is a funny funny story for me. Took a stint into MMA.
1: Yep. yep. Went, went down to
2: Florida for a little while and did that. Yep. And I don't yep. know you. I doubt you remember this. Um, you are indirect. You are responsible for uh, the one UFC event that I've ever attended. Really. I, you were coaching down there and you gave two tickets to, uh, our guy, Tom Erickson mm-hmm. and Tom and I went down to Indianapolis and hung out yep. and, and watched the fights down in at, at yep. what was then Banker's Life. Yeah. And so, yep. uh. Yep. You came up. I, I remember. I remember thanking you and appreciating the whole thing. It was a surreal yeah. experience because yeah. I mean, you know what it's like hanging out with Tom at those things, it was, uh, <laughs> right? 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 <laughs> you know, every, everybody knows who he is, and they're stopping him right, every right, right, every ten feet for an autograph or a photo or whatnot. And but that was yeah, uh, forget, that was a pretty cool.
1: I forget who I night. was cornering. Yeah, I was. I forget who I was cornering. I was, I was cornering a heavyweight. I forget a man's name. Oh, I forget who that was. Um. Yeah, I was cornering guy that Russell and they coached uh, coach him at Black Zillions. And so yeah, that was a that was an interesting thing. You know, they they came after me and that was right to 213 Olympics and they came after me, man, and just kind of made me an offer. I mean, I was they offered me, you know, a couple hundred thousand to come coach that team. So I went down there to it's Florida. To down. Florida. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> made an offer I couldn't refuse, man.
0: Sure. So I said sure. I can
1: do this for you. and I love the game. I love I love MMA. I love the game, right? So had one fight, you know, and I knew at that point when I started seeing that the sport evolve, I knew that it was going to be a big sport. I knew it was going to grow and it was going to be amazing, you know, just because I because what, you know, the sport is mixed martial arts. So it's all the, you know, the um, the martial arts combined. And I knew wrestlers was going to dominate the sport at some point, you know, because really, to me, back when I even started wrestling, I realized that wrestling was a martial art you know, it protected me on the playgrounds, you know, I was a bully killer, you know, I couldn't get bullied as a kid, you know, because it goes, and then I got to represent, well, I ain't fighting that kid, he wrestles, right, and so, <laughs> and so I knew, I knew long ago, man, that wrestling was, it was a great martial arts, I had kids that did karate, and I could, I could take those kids down, and they couldn't get up, right, so, mm-hmm. but, um, so now I, I loved the game, and then went down there, and, and coached those guys, I coached, you know, Rashad Evans, and Vitor Belfort and Uzma, yeah. the champ right now, was on the team. He wasn't even in the, in the UFC. So Coach Tim and Gilbert Burns is in the UFC. He wasn't in the UFC at that point. So Coach Tim, Eddie Alvarez, we had an incredible team. It was really fun. I learned a lot and uh, so funny. Did that for a few years and then and, uh, that kind of fell through and I, I moved back to, to Texas to Coach Johnny Hendricks for a couple of years. But it's so funny I tell this story and kind of why I'm inspired. I met Ray Lewis one day after practice when I was down in Florida, coaching MMA, right? Coaching the Black Jays. So I take my, one day after practice, I take my car to the car wash, which is about two blocks from my gym where we practice. So I'm at the gym at Boca Raton, I mean, at the car wash. Turn my car in. I look around. I see this big white Rolls Royce coming through. I'm like, it's a so nice car. I wonder who that is. So I've turned my car and I look around and then, it was a beautiful day, you know, sometimes. So I look over at the table. There's Ray Lewis. I'm like, wow, to myself. I was by myself. I'm like, man, it goes Ray Lewis. I'm talking about myself. I'm like kind of getting the nerve up to you know, approach the guy, right? You know, Some people don't yep. want to be bothered, whatever. So I go, ah, I'm going. So I went, hey, Ray, how you doing? Kenny Monday. Nice to meet you, man. I'm a big fan. Been watching your career uh, forever, man. Congratulations. He had just retired. He looks up at me and goes, Kenny Monday. I go, yeah. He goes, Kenny Monday, the wrestler. Oh, yeah, he did up. he gets up give me a big hug, man. He's like, man, "You're my hero, you're my hero." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Man, I've been watching you since I was a kid in high school. You know, he was a state champion, Florida, right? It, but, yeah." And I remember this call. His coach called me when I was getting ready for the 92 Olympic games. I was trained. I was in deep training. You know, I was training hard. It was, it was it was probably a month after the Olympic trials. He calls me up and goes, "Hey, man, I got this." And he got my number. He goes, hey, I got this kid. He's a great football player, but he's wrestling for him, and I think he can, be, he can win state. So I've been showing him your tapes, and I've been talking to talk, him about you and this whole thing. Can you come out and do a camp and, and work with him a little bit? I go, man, I wish I could. I'm trying to get the trials next month, so I really can't. I don't have time to get away. He goes, all right, man, well, good luck. And, but this kid's going to be something special. That was Ray Lewis. That's
0: awesome. And I had no oh, wow. idea. But
1: I remember, I remember the phone call. But I remember the coach from Florida calling me, but I didn't know that was Ray Lewis he was talking about. So I yeah. told Ray, so Ray told me, so we told the story. I'm like, oh, man, that was you? I said, wow, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's how I met Ray, Ray Lewis. That was in 2013. And so we just kind of kept in contact through the years, through the years, and, you know, kind of with text back and forth. And he came, and he, came he goes, man, I miss wrestling. I go, yeah. I said, well, dude, my gym is right down the street. Come, you know, come check us out. He comes that next week with his wrestling shoes. <laughs> I <I'm like, right. laughs> said, yeah, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll around a little bit. Love said, it. All right, all right. Yeah, So we rolled, man. We rolled for about 20 minutes, you know, and
3: uh,
1: bro, he, he still has some skills.
3: Right? I was going to say, could, could he still roll a little bit with yeah, you? Then? Yeah, he can
1: roll. Yeah, he was trying to take me. He was trying to give me two. He was trying to get a takedown, but I wouldn't give him a no
0: takedown. I'm like, nah, <laughs> you ain't. not get no takedown, right?
1: Nope. <laughs> so after the match, after we get him, man, you – you bad, you you're a bad boy, man. You're a bad boy because he was trying to get me, man. He was strong. Yeah.
2: I, mean, I would give him a no takedown, man. He said, hey, Ray man, wanted that story. Yeah, huh? Ray wanted that story. He wanted he wanted to be able to tell me I took that exactly. one day.
1: Exactly, you, know, <laughs> wasn't no you, you weren't having it, right? And so uh, yeah, I, I, I took him down like twenty times, you know, whatever. But was awesome. Yeah, man, that was good. It was good. So we we said he contact with him. So he is like a, 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 a minority owner here at Spire Academy. So, when he, he came in and he met the guy, the owner, the new owner, who has been the owner for two years. He met the guy in Baltimore because the owner lives in Baltimore. Jonathan lives in Baltimore. So, him and Ray met. And uh, so, Ray hit me up and goes, Man, I've got a great opportunity. This was at the Olympic trials of the last 20, the 22 Olympic trials, 2020 Olympic trials. We're right at the tournament. And Ray hits me up out of nowhere Hey, I got this great opportunity I want you to look at. And he showed me the pictures and showed me everything about Spire Academy. And um and so he brought it to me. He said, man, let's let's do this. I'm an owner. I want to I wanna make this thing work. I told them that we need to start a wrestling program, and I got just the guy you need to go get. And um, and so that kind of he hit me with it, and so we met and and so they made an offer I couldn't refuse, and here I am. Wow. That's awesome. Yep.
3: That's quite the deal. Yeah, that's that awesome. Yeah, Ray Lewis
1: is Ray Lewis is what brought me turn 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 me on the spire academy. That's wild. Yep. yep, yep.
0: Now I definitely of, want to uh, talk about what you got going there, Spire, in a minute. But yeah. I, I also I don't want to get past you know. You talk about Coleman Scott. He brought you to yeah. You came to UNC. Yes. Uh, and, and and there's there's uh, you know some connections now with the Tar Heels. What's it yeah. like? What's it like coaching and and working with your your two boys? Mm-hmm. A, a, got him right, right over
2: your shoulder right there. Yep.
0: Right there. Yeah. Right yep, those two. Yep. And, and then, and then having to go to the stands and watch from there—like, what's that transition been like for you? Yeah, it was. It's been great, man. I mean, I love it. I
1: love that the, the boys are, are where they are. Right, you, you know, introduce them to the game back when they were six years old, and you know, you, you just never know. Because I got friends, you know, that the kids don't wrestle. You know, Bruce Baumgartner kids they never wrestle. You know, Kevin Jack's kids wrestled for a little bit, then they've never, never really kind of got to that level. So it's really, it's not a, it's not a given. Um, and you just never know if the kid's going to take to the sport. Yeah, you know, we of course, we love the sport and, and know how good it is and how great it is for people. We, you just never know, you know. So, uh, But, you know, they introduced them to the sport, man, and, and it was good that I had a club team but when I was in Texas. I had that club team, you know, coaching kids. And so they were introduced early. You know, when they were one or two years old, you know, when we moved to Texas, they were one and two years old. And so they would just come to practice with me and, and be around the kids. So the kids would, you know, play with them and wrestle them, you know, the whole thing. And so,
2: and so then when they got of
1: age, I was able to coach them during those, those in their early years. Right. So it kind of gave them, you know, some good fundamentals when they started. So that was just really a good thing that, that that was part of the reason I kind of took the job too, just I knew that they were going to come up. And uh, so that, that was a good introduction. And, and, um, and so I coached him you know, all the way up, right? And so it was good to be able to, to, to hand him off to somebody else and let someone else coach. And I don't have a problem with that. I think, you know, both coaches are good. And I had a great relationship with Coleman when the came time down for – so with Coleman, you know, honestly, he got a bronze medal and he started looking at jobs, that kind of thing. And, he, and he, he said, "Can if I ever get a job, I want you to come in and be my, my RTC coach. And so sure enough, that kind of happened at UNC. And he got the job. He calls you right away. He got this job. <laughs> I want you to come be my RD so and then it just kind of worked out that kind of Kennedy was was coming through that that point, you know, and, uh, and of course he looked at Oklahoma State looked over the places and then kind of worked out that he uh, and that he actually got recruited before I got the job at UNC Kennedy Coleman got on and getting and, Col- and Coach Coleman was at, it was at, at Stillwater, of course, we were training and he was kind of working in the club program so he was actually coaching. Kennedy and Quincy in their, in their club.
0: Okay. And
1: so he kind of had, you know, he knew those guys from, from that. And we, they, we all went to the Olympics and so in, in Washington. So they knew I was training Coleman. So we had that relationship. We were like family. And so when that happened, um, we went to UNC and, and that kind of was, was really good. And, and it's so funny that first year, Kenny was a freshman. They won a national title. UNC won the the basketball title that, that freshman year, that first year we were in Chapel Hill, they won the tournament. So that was really, yeah. Exciting to be a part of but um that no, was good man it's good that, that that I was able to you know be around them and watch watch their development uh when it came time for for Quincy to go to Princeton you know it was a, it was a tough decision it was, it was it came down between UNC and and Princeton and um he didn't want to pass up pass up the opportunity to go to an institution like Princeton so kind of did that and and that's kind of how, how, how it kind of came yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you can't you can't look back and say, man, because but but the one thing that was, was the key the key component about going to Princeton was the coaching staff that they had, right? You know, love Joe, love Aaron, love Nate, love these guys, Great. But when I saw, you know, Kalazic was an all American, you know, because it's not easy, man, going to to an Ivy School and then then still competing at that level. You don't see, right. it. I mean, you know, of course. First year ever, they had two finals, right at Princeton, and
2: mm-hmm. so
1: I knew that that he wanted to go to the to the school. But then, then also, when I saw Kalazic was an All American, like said Quincy, this kid can be an All American. You can do it, right? It ain't gonna be easy, but you can still be a national champion at Princeton, right? They got the, they got the gradients. They they know what they're doing. These guys want to win. It's not just about academics. They want to win, and so I think you. I think so. You got my blessing. To go because I knew if he would have just went to an Ivy League school and they weren't competing at that level, he wasn't going to be happy because he wants to win too. Right. So he wanted it all. Yep. Yep. But, but growing up, we knew mm-hmm. he was going to be you know um, able to go to an Ivy just from his academics from the time he grew up. Right, he's always been a very great student, and so we knew he was going to have that opportunity. So when it came time to do that, that was that was really the the reason that, that I was great with it because I knew that he could he could win there. Yep. And so that's kind of good. But it's this good yeah. watching them, man. so fun. I mean, this year was so much fun. And of course, you know, you got your guys' coaches, uh, him and Kenny. I love him and Quincy wrestling. They wrestled in and uh yeah. back in the I think it was the Iron Man, they wrestled for the first time in high school. And so I knew yep. those guys yeah. were yeah, gonna have some, some tough battles. Yep, him and Caitlin's yeah. a
2: couple I years mean, ago. <laughs> They were uh, Midlands, yeah, they wrestled Midlands. They've
3: wrestled each other a couple times. They wrestled in high yeah. school and then uh, yep. Midlands, I believe. Midlands, yeah, they yep. wrestled
1: Midlands yep. for their match. fifth place yeah. match. Yeah,
2: twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. So
1: now for the for the third place match, I
2: think we uh, third. third. They're, they're <laughs> <the> third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, funny, definitely. you know, Kenny. You talk about your boys and you talk about them coming up, and uh yep. you know, I immediately made me think of Tony's twins because he, you know, yeah. you talk about it's not a given that they're going to wrestle, right? Yeah. And Tony's got Tony's got one wrestler and he's got one swimmer. He got a kid. He can't keep out
3: of the pool. Right, right, right. You, you
2: never know. I mean, you're you're you never exactly know. right.
3: Uh, you know, you never Kenny, know. I'd, I'd love you them know. both. To, you know, to have workout partners for life. You know, with my twin right. boys wrestling, but right. as uh, Tanner said, one's in the pool and I can't get him out. And he loves competing, but he loves yeah.
1: in the pool. Yeah,
3: uh, and we got Tanner an incredible.
1: Right, we got an incredible swimming program here. We got probably one of the best. You got to take a look at it. One of the best. Pools. I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing. I've never seen any pool this big, right? But yep. we've got camps here all the time. It's just really a great, great. We got the Olympic champ comes in here time and does camps, and so we really got a great swimming program. So if you ever want to get your yeah. boy,
0: we'll you have know, to check it out for
1: camp. That's good, man. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, it, it, for me, it was like, and and it, when the kids started, right? It was always that first, that first time, right? Because you know it's coming. When they shoot at the same time and they hit heads and they like almost yeah. knock each other out. Yeah. If they can survive that first hard knock, yeah. you're going to be okay, right? Because I, I remember the moment. I
0: remember the moment
1: <laughs> when, they, when they shot, boom, they you know, fell down. And, they, uh, and if they get up, and, and that's, that's the moment. That's the, that's the telltale moment if they're going to be <laughs> wrestling, right? And so, so I remember when it both happened for both of them. And they 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 was down and down and I said, Are you all right? You okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, get up. All right, shake it up. and get back in there. Okay, we're gonna be okay. We're
0: gonna
2: be all right. All right.
0: (laughs) Didn't knock enough sense into them.
2: Right, right, right. We're gonna be okay. They're gonna be wrestlers. So I got a fun question for you, Kenny. Yeah. What was more nerve-wracking? Getting ready for your NCAA Finals match or getting ready for Quincy's <laughs> NCAA Finals match? Which one was tougher on you?
1: Definitely Quincy's. Yeah, definitely Quincy's, man. Because I, I don't, you know, me, I, I can control what, what happens out there, right? I can't, you know. And so I, I didn't get that kind of nervous when I wrestled, right? I get butterflies. But, you know, as soon as I hit hands, but I'm that, those, those things are gone, right? So I can control that. Those the boys I can't control. What happens out there. I can't wrestle for them, right? So no, I'm I'm definitely more nervous when they wrestle. But it's, it's interesting. That's interesting. That's an interesting dynamic because I'm more actually more nervous when when Kennedy wrestles than I am for Quincy, just because of their personalities. You know, Quincy, yeah. Quincy is Quincy's solid, but he's he's a, he's he's rock solid. He's not he's not he never gets too high. He never gets too low, and I know what I'm getting with Quincy. Kennedy is just kind of the opposite. I, I don't know which one's going to show up, right? I don't know. <laughs> he can get so emotional, right? Sometimes his emotions kind of overtake him, and he, he has a bad match. And he, it's so funny because they, they get in the room, and it wasn't until they were, like, probably in college before they could really get, wrestle and get a, a real good, productive practice. Like, because growing up, is always like Kennedy was big brother, you know, and they – they end up fighting or end up arguing. They just couldn't get through it. Right. <laughs> they, it just, it just they, now they can, they can get to a practice, Right. But it, was, it wasn't was until they were in college that they could do that. Right. That's funny. You know, So just like, cause like last year we had Quincy, I had Quincy home because the Ivers didn't compete. So last year I had him home in Chapel Hill the whole year. You know, so I trained him that whole year last year. And of course I was training, I was training Jordan Oliver and probably, Quincy was probably, Jordan's probably. Most most consistent workout partner, while we had him home, and uh, but they would even him and Kenny would wrestle, and Kenny would still get him, right? He still get the best of, of Quincy, right? And so just that big brother thing, you know? They they go back, they have good workouts. But Kenny would still kind of get the best of him, right? And so um, it's funny how that how that works out, but yeah, it's, it's it's that whole dynamic is a little little different. But Quincy, I I, I pretty much know what I'm gonna get when he wrestles. He's not, he's not, he's not, the kid's going to beat himself. If you beat Quetzal, you, you got to beat him. You got to yep. beat him. Right? He ain't going to beat himself.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm a little less, a little less nervous.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's funny how that works out.
3: I so know, your, right?
0: your, your coaching career has kind of come full circle. You're back in, back in the high school, back working with, yeah. you know, sort of the beginning level, yep. uh, the the early levels of the sport. Uh, it seems like obviously you love the sport and you love being an ambassador yeah. for it, Uh Really, how much are you enjoying your your uh, your new gig at Fire? Man, I love
1: it. I love it because it's a, it's a huge challenge. You know, I think you know we got a great team. I mean, they they're, they're really you know excited about the program. It's a brand new program, um, but I'm excited just just to be able to get back on the level and start you know reinvesting in the kids. And and one of the reasons I, I took the job just because you know my boys are pretty much on their way, right? I mean, Kennedy's is, is done and. And Quincy has um, got one more year of college, and, and so they—they're on there. They're, They're—they're—they're men. They're your, and so they're—they're they're on their way, right? And uh, Quincy's pre-med, and he's doing this thing, and they're pretty much on their way. And so now I feel like I—I've I've got the time to kind of come back and and reinvest in kids. And I, I see where the gap is on on that on that level as far as high school kids getting to college. And so it's just, just an opportunity, man, to just come back and, and pour in your kids and build young men and women and, and just sell the dream. You know, I'm living a dream. You know, I know what wrestling is doing for my life, and it's taken me all over the world. And it's made me the man I am today. It's, it's provided for my family. Um, and so it's just about trying to, to to give back to the sport, you know, and, and try to get kids on that next level, right, and just kind of build something. And it's just unique here at Spy, just because it's something that really hadn't been done before. You know, as far as a boarding school um, that we have, it's a brand new program, so I get to kind of, kind of build it from scratch, which is the huge challenge. And then, like, I can go in a hallway and pluck kids out of the hallway, you know, to come. Hey, won't you come? I need a, I need a twenty-five pounder. Won't you come, you know, <laughs> So I got to, I got to reach out. And I got to go get these kids. And but, you're, it's, a, it's a unique environment, just because it's kind of like a. Olympic training center, we had basketball, we got track and field, we got swimming, we got just out of lacrosse. Um, We we do soccer camps, we do volleyball camps. And so it's a unique environment because every student here is an athlete. And so all the teachers, you know, recognize that and they work with the athletes, not against the athletes. Um, And so it's just about creating that Olympic kind of Olympic village kind of kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that. Yep. Yeah, and so we do events. We are hosting the U 23s here yep. uh, in June. Uh, we've done the defense soap duels, little, middle school duels. So we're doing events. We're doing camps. Um, you know, we'll probably have a, probably you know some senior level athletes coming here to train to, at one point. My goal and my vision is to have you know an outstanding high school program. We also got post grad opportunities for kids for that you know that post grad. Year that kids aren't quite ready to go to college, um, I can train them here for a year. We'll, we'll get them trained up, you know, um, in that post grad year, um, and then I, we also have, um, you know, at some point we'll have I'll have some some senior level kids, uh, women and men wrestling uh, training here as well because the facility is I mean we got everything, you know we got everything as far as you know the, we have an incredible strength and conditioning program. Uh, we got great food, you know. We got a great dorm. We're, we're building. We're in the process of building um, a Marriott uh, hotel on on site. Uh, oh wow. start With a Starbucks, you know. So that's yeah. big for Tony. Starbucks yeah. is big that's, that's for Tony. Big for me. Exactly, Starbucks big, is big. Exactly. It's big, and so everywhere <laughs> I go, all over the country, I always You'll see me. You'll see me. You'll find me at a Starbucks all yes. over the world.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: so, no, I'm excited, man. The guy is very. Uh, you know, very visionary. I mean, it, the vision that we have for this place is remarkable. Um, you know, five years from now, it'll be a totally different totally different look, right? So my that vision is, awesome.
2: is to have this
1: a, have this be a, a wrestling destination. Any of you guys want to bring your team up, man? And that's another thing, too. I've got the ability to have extended training. So if a kid wants to come, say, train, just train for a month. You know, we got a classroom setting. We'll take it through as long as his school can – um, do virtual learning. We got to, you know, we got to set up that, we, that he can come in and, and do his classwork, and then just train, right? Oh, wow. So we've got that, we got that ability to do that as well. So it's a unique opportunity, man. I'm just excited that, because I think, you know, my my goal and my dream, even back when I was in college, is like I wanted to be able to create an environment where a kid can come, train, and whatever level he's wrestling at, he can compare, You know, whether it's state, you know, or national uh, or trained for the Olympic games, you know, so that's kind of the environment that we want to, we want to create
3: here. Uh, that That's exciting. You know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to coming out. We'll, we'll have a yeah. lot of our team yeah. out there for u 23. Yeah, so we'll, good. we'll get to see it here in, in early June. That'll be awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. That'll be fun, man. We have to get some lunch or something, man. And uh, but yep. yeah, it's going to be fun to have them here. Cause we got a huge facility not to show you when you come in, I'll show
3: you the pool and everything. Yeah, no that that'd be great. I'll uh, I'll hit yeah. you up when we're coming yep. in and and take a tour yep. if we can. If that's I'll yeah, push absolutely in.
0: love it. Yeah, absolutely push him in. Absolutely going to push him in.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We co- we we've been up there a couple times for Big Ten track we just and field championships. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a yeah, great yeah, facility. Big, yeah, Big Ten was just here. Yep. Big Ten was just here. <laughs> it's an amazing so that was, place. That was fun.
1: Yeah, that was fun. We had and Caleb Dresser comes here. You know the the Olympic champion uh-huh. uh, yep. comes here. He does. He comes here all the time and does like clinics and that kind of thing. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's an amazing, yeah, yeah. It's an amazing place. Well, this
3: will be exciting to sit here in a little bit then, boys. Yeah, yeah, it'll
0: be fun. Well, Kenny, I, I, uh, we really appreciate your time. This has been a blast. Uh, I hope it's yeah. been half as much fun it has for you. Oh absolutely, man. Anytime we can
1: come in and we can talk wrestling, kinda, of, kinda, of, kinda of chew that around, man. I got so many stories. I got I got so many stories that uh only imagine. That, yeah, they to be told. yep, yep, yep. I'm writing a book too. I'm writing a book in the middle of writing a book and okay. and I got some really good good stories to tell. And um so that's coming out pretty soon. Pretty soon. Corey just Corey
2: just wrote a book yeah who is that right cory my man cory right here he oh, just yeah. he just yeah. he just published it. i got it on my desk that's my man right man, there I,
1: you have to <laughs> send me you have to send me that man you have to send me your book i'll get you a copy you have to give me a copy <laughs> man because it ain't easy it's mm-hmm. not easy you know it really isn't but i'm i'm excited for it man i'm excited for academy and um yeah you know, i've got a i got a, a wrestle shoot coming out pretty soon with Rudist and uh we're in the process of putting that thing together, man. So I'm excited about that. First shoe ever. And um probably should have one a long time ago, but <laughs> we got one coming out. You guys, have you have you watched the documentary with Rudist yet?
2: No, I've not mm-hmm. seen the the man, doc. Go check that out. Yeah, Rudist is starting both. to do some like programming kind of similar to like what yeah. Flow does with the docu series yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah and I, yeah, I have completely. seen the I have seen the trailer for it, Kenny, but I haven't watched the whole thing.
1: Go check it out, man. It's really interesting. Huh. And really? Kenny, you
2: got
3: a lot of irons in the fire, man. You're this trying man to build a program. You're trying to write a book. You trying to be, you got a lot, of, lot going on right now, huh? Gotta get it done, man. I gotta get it done before <laughs>
1: I check out of here. I'm 60 years old, man. I'm 60 years old. And I can still I can still take most most people down.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I can get, I can get one or two in. It's so funny. I was at the t- Olympic Training Center not too long ago and I was rolling with rolling with Jaden Cox, man. And I was like, man, this dude. I don't know how he loses. <laughs> I do yeah. not know how he loses. But then I watched him with, with Kyle's side. i said, like, say, okay, I see ya. But It's so funny because I've been talking I've, I've been talking to Kyle a lot. We've been really communicating here here lately. Because he's he saw the documentary, of course. He's rude. So he saw the doc. And yeah. he's trying to pick up my lateral drop, right? So he calls me, he's like, Coach, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you looking for? Yeah. So we've really been talking about a lot about that and then I working helping him with his doubles, his open shots, and so he's supposed to come out here pretty soon and train a little bit with me. So I still, I can still move around a little bit. I, I, I feel good. My shoulders are good. My neck's good. And, and uh, so I'm going to do this, man, until I can't do it until I can't. But when I, when I can't wrestle, then you'll see me retire from from from, from coaching yep. and all that.
3: Well, that is awesome. And I can Randy, still thanks support. again. We'll, still we'll, let you go. <laughs>
0: we'll let you go. We'll let you go. We'll let you go get right, some man. other stuff done. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Look forward to
3: you guys in June, man. Absolutely. We're, we're excited to come out and see it and uh, and yeah. take a peek with, with you and, and, and hear more about it. But thank you again for your time. This, was, good, this
0: was great. You guys, yep, yep. You guys do a great job, man. I love it. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. That'll do it for this week uh, on the Always Aggressive podcast. We'll catch you down the road. the up. All right, man. Peace.